You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, we made it. Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Can't believe it. Tomorrow, St. Patty's Day and the opening round of March Madness. Whew, that's too good. I don't need an excuse to drink. Although I'm not a St. Patty's Day guy. I don't go out and uh, join the revelry. I just, it, usually it's a day where I, it's like New Year's Eve. I don't go. I don't go out. Or at least I don't go out and celebrate the way most people do. St. Patty's Day, I'd rather be alone, having a couple of beers, cigar, maybe a little bit of my Michael Jordan tequila, and watching March Madness. I'm good. Now, a good parade, I'm fine with that. A sunny day, good parade. But I've been to New York City. Oh, boy, it's not pretty. Those side streets where you see, like, everybody's sick. You know, you got... Kids, you got kids in high school who uh, somehow skip school to go to the St. Patty's Day Parade. And they go early and they go <laughs> often, and it is not pretty. It's rare when you look good on St. Patty's Day. I mean, you might look better because you've been drinking and you're looking at somebody or vice versa. But at the end of the day, nobody looks good on St. Patty's Day. Yes, Marvin. No, I was going to say, only thing worse is probably a college campus. Because stores Connecticut tomorrow. Oh. Your alma mater. Oh, yeah. Look, trust me. You ain't seen so many people with the Kiss Me, I'm Irish uh, t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Marvin. Yeah. You Irish? Yeah, my dad's side. Relax. <laughs> uh, we do have a uh, happy Dan Patrick's Day t-shirt. That's available at danpatrick.com. Uh, we have bagpipes coming in tomorrow as well. Again, it's a tradition unlike any other. Love bagpipes. All right, uh, let's see. Jim Jackson is uh, set to join us. NBA on TNT is also working the tournament, and he's set to join us uh, coming up uh, here momentarily. More phone calls as well. We mentioned Kyrie scoring 60. Uh, that's the most in Nets history, and they won 150 to 108 against the Orlando Magic. So Kevin Durant has 53 on Sunday, and then Kyrie goes for 60. Kyrie and Durant, the first teammates in NBA history to score 50 or more points in consecutive games. In consecutive games. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Uh, 12 different players have scored at least 50 points in a game this season. Only the 2018-19 season with 13 has seen more. And I mentioned 60 is the new 50 because Carl Anthony Towns goes for 60. Kyrie goes for 60. And if you look back on some great scoring performances, the three didn't play a role. Obviously, Will Chamberlain with 100 points. There were no three-point shots back then. Now it's the focal point. Uh, you know, Kobe, when he had 81 points, he had seven threes in that game. That's a lot back then. And that doesn't seem like that's part of today's culture. When Kobe did it, it still felt like that was a different NBA than what you have now. And do I think somebody's going to get 70 points one day? Again, Devin Booker had it. Maybe 75, 80. I do. Because if you can create the shot and you have the ball, then I think you can put up those kind of numbers. But I think you have to have, you know, Kyrie is a ball handler and able to create a shot. I don't think you can be a catch-and-shoot, rely on somebody else. You know, when Kobe, Kobe was, you know, handling the ball. He was attacking Toronto when he put up 81. But I don't know. Like, Clay Thompson, I thought maybe he could get 60 uh, because he's a catch-and-shoot. 
Didn't he have 31 or 2, 30, maybe 37 and a quarter, something crazy? But it's, it feels like Steph would be the guy who could get, you know, a big number, not Clay Thompson. I was looking at Jim Jackson's uh, career numbers. He, of course, NBA on TNT, also uh, a uh, Clippers analyst. He'll be broadcasting the Fort Worth region of the NCAA tournament tomorrow, March Madness games until the end of the month. And uh, he joins us on the program. I got you for a career high 50, Jim. You, 50. Yeah, 50. Yeah, 50. <laughs> what did 50 feel like? Uh, you know, fun, ironically, I was sick because we were in Denver. So the night before, I couldn't sleep. And plus the altitude had me all stopped up. So I had to actually run my shower to get moisture in the room just so I could breathe. So the next day I shoot around, I just wasn't feeling it. Went to sleep. And, and then when the game started, uh, actually, I wasn't paying any attention. I was just I was just balling. Now, keep in mind, like right before that, a couple of weeks before, Jamal Mashburn had 50 points in Chicago at the United Center. So in that game I had it, it was uh, in Denver. It ended up going into overtime. But, um, again, I didn't shoot a lot of threes, though. So mine were more layups, mid-range jump shots, free throws. I don't even think I had a three-pointer that game. But you look at what Kyrie did last night. He had 60 and still had seven and a half minutes to go. Why not just leave him in there? Because it's not like fatigue because he may not play for a couple more games. And whoever comes in for Kyrie is going to be shooting shots. So if you're Kyrie, if you're Steve Nash, you say, Mm -hmm. stay out there. Let's see what you can do. No, no. Unwritten rule because they were up big. So it was no need for Kyrie to be. But wait, wait. If I mean, Patty probably, Mills comes in, what? Jim, then Patty Mills right. is going to be taking those shots instead of Kyrie. Yeah, but but Pat, but Patty Mills doesn't have sixty. You see what I'm saying? I mean, now oh. as as crazy as it sounds, okay. it's just one of those things that coaches have respect for other coaches. I remember I was in high school. It was the same kind of thing, where I had fifty and I still had about four or five minutes left in the game. The opposing coach used to work for my high school coach. And we were up big. I mean, we were up, we had 120, 30 points, something like that. The game was out of reach. So I got the record, but my coach said, you know, enough is enough because I have respect for the other team mm. and the other coach. And I'm not – if somebody else comes in and knocks in some points, okay, that's fine. But it's not like you're kind of, kind of just digging your heel in a little bit more. Now, you'll see that when you know it's personal – between two coaches, two organizations, two franchises, where they'll go for two when they don't really have to. They'll go for a touchdown uh, when they're up big anyway just to make a point. That's when it's personal. Well, Kobe was helped out because the Lakers were down big starting the third quarter against Toronto. And then he goes Mm -hmm. for 55 in the second half against the Raptors. Yeah, almost like, though, too, his last game. I was at the last game that he played. And about the third quarter, I was about to leave. Because, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. I like to try to beat traffic <laughs> to get out of Staples Center. But something told me to stay. And because it's his last game, Utah had found out that no matter what happened, they weren't going to be in a position from the playoff perspective where they wanted to be. So the game really didn't mean anything. So keeping Kobe in to score those points and do what he had to do, it was more monumental. It wasn't a sign of disrespect. They were actually playing – homage to Kobe at this last that was his last game especially at the at the time Staples Center and in the league so that's a whole different dynamic 
that I think everybody, the opposing team Utah, Lakers, everybody bought into. Totally different. You know what I mean? Is 60 the new 50? Seems like it, doesn't it? But here's the thing, though, Dan. You know this. You got more possessions. You're utilizing the three-point line a lot more. So you're going to get more shots up, okay? The way the game is being played today, and, and I get – you know, a lot of times I grew up because in the 90s, the possessions were low. So you were scoring 70, 80 points, okay, because each one was kind of grinded out. You had some teams that, you know, got up and down the court. But for the most part, you, you know, you played a half-court game. So you can't be surprised at the numbers you were putting up in regards to total team points, but individuals that score. But And I, t- and I caution people about this all the time, Dan, whether you see it in football, baseball, hockey, basketball, professional, you're all trying to – score more points, okay? You want to hit more home runs. You want to score, you want to score more, more goals. You want to throw more touchdowns. Why? Because the fans enjoy that. It's more exciting to see. We can't be locked into what the game used to be because internationally has grown so much. It's a global game, and people want it. So as much as we love the 90s and early 2000s, this is the way the game is today, and these young men that are playing, that's all they know. So I can't fault them for that. Do you think we'll see somebody get 80 again? Oh, definitely. I think so. Pick, There's too many possessions in the game. Pick one guy. Kevin Durant. I can see, I can see KD getting it. I just don't no know question. if he's greedy enough. You know what? You're right, but it depends on the situation, too. If he gets off to an early start, let's say, let's say he has 30 or 40 at halftime, and the game is in balance, and he keeps going back and forth, well, KD is going to go for it in regards to – one, wanting to win the game because he's just a basketball savant. He loves to play the game, and he wants to win. So I can see Kyrie getting close because Kyrie is just an assassin. He's just going to go for it. You know what I mean? He, he really is. Giannis, I'm not for sure yet because he can get 50, but because the three ball doesn't have the same effect, he's not going to be able to gobble up those points like a Kyrie or a um, you know Kevin Durant or even a Steph. How did the Nets incorporate Ben Simmons here by the end of the regular season to be formidable once they get into the postseason? Well, first of all, Dan, is not on the court. Is, is his mind right? I don't care what you do physically, game plan-wise, put him in a position, but if his mind is not right, ready to play, then it doesn't matter. And, and I think that's the most important part you got to address with Ben Simmons. Is he talented? Of course. I mean – not having a jump shot, all of that kind of stuff. We saw what he could do when he's really on top of his game, and particularly when Embiid didn't play. Totally different player. Yeah. But with the mental issues that he, you know, he addressed, are you able to tap into that side where he's mentally able to, to really come back and play the game at a high level? Because if he is, it's easy to intricate, intricate him into the game because he's going to play the point guard position. He's going to rebound – pass and play defense you don't have to score so putting him into a lineup with kd kyrie on the road is just inserting a point guard that wants to be a pass first point guard but it got to be mentally you got to be mentally right first talking to jim jackson nba on tnt fox analyst also an analyst for the clippers i'm surprised now jim when i wake up and i saw what the lakers did that they won like, I, I expect them to lose now. Yeah. Can you – let's say AD nope. comes back. No? Can't just mm-hmm. – you can't <laughs> – is the I, season I over for the Lakers? 
I'm not going to say it's over because the play-in game, if they're still, you know, in the top ten, provides you an opportunity to do something. So you can never say it's over, especially when you have LeBron James. And if you have a healthy AD that comes back with enough games under his belt, depending on where you slot it, if you're 10 and you have to play seven, um, how that matchup works. Now, that matchup may be, I don't know, I think it's maybe Minnesota right there in seventh right now, I think, which is a tough one for the Lakers. That's tough. Um, but it's not insurmountable. But I just think there's so much going on. And, and again, Dan, you, you've been around us enough to know this. Internally, what is being said? Yeah. We don't know that. On the outside, and again, I think the Lakers have done a great job, outstanding job of keeping whatever is being said inside, which is hard to do in today's world. So you really don't know what the conversations are inside that locker room other than the speculations that everybody on the outside has. I think you were at Ohio State three years. Mm -hmm. How many tournament games did you play? Um, Let me see. So my freshman year, we got to the second round, 32. So that's two. My third, my second year, three, sweet 16, five, nine. Got a game that sticks nine, out? Again. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, two, really. Two. And, I'm, and I, I, congratulations on Michigan winning this year, too, by the way. Um, you don't mean that. that. Some, you don't mean you know, that. No, I do. Actually, you know, you know, Dan, I do. Let me tell you why. Parity, bro. Because in order for that, for that rivalry to have some substance in me, it has to be competitive. It wasn't competitive. I'm an Ohio State guy. Don't get me wrong. And I love to win it. But in order to have drama, okay. the other side has to win. And it's great for the Big Ten. So that leads me into the Elite Eight game that we lost to Michigan at Bad Pod. And the reason why is because we beat them twice during the year and we were the number one seed in the Midwest. And that hurt from the simple fact that, you know, it was – we had an opportunity to get to the final four. Now, you know how tough it is to beat a team three times in a row, and particularly a young team like Michigan that had nothing to lose. The other game that stands out to me is the year before in the Sweet 16 up in Detroit, we lost to St. John's. We lost pretty bad. They were more, we were physical. They were physical. We thought we had the team that really could get to a national championship, but unfortunately, you know, it, it just was a bad matchup for us. So those, those two games stand out to me. Who talked the most trash on that Michigan team in that tournament game, too? Jalen. <laughs> Jalen's my guy. And, and here's the thing. Jalen, Chris, Jawan, Jimmy, and Ray are all great friends. I played with, with Jawan in Houston, played with Chris in Sacramento. Jalen and I used to work out a lot in L.A. Jimmy King um, was in, in camp with us in the Mavericks. And, I, and during AAU season when my son was playing, and everything, I used to see Ray Jackson all the time. So those guys, to me, were at the time a rival. You know, they became adversaries, but they became friends. Okay, and but Jalen, that wasn't no question, bro. It, it, anybody, Juwan was quiet. Chris would get hype. Jimmy would say some stuff, but it was always oh, Jalen always talking. No, you, no doubt. Did you recruit Chris Weber to Ohio State? Nah. Yeah, yeah, no, no chance. I, I pretty much with Perry Watts, with Perry Watson at. at at Michigan, it was pretty much kind of new that uh, Chris was probably going to stay either Michigan State with Izzo and them, but uh, I knew he wasn't going to Duke because he wasn't the Duke 
he didn't have it in, in his mind. But um, I knew with Perry watching at Michigan, that was almost like a no-brainer. Tom Tom Izzo said he cried when he lost Chris Weber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's he's a game changer in regards to college at that time because he's such a hybrid player. I always thought that Juwan Howard's a little bit more skilled, okay, mm. at the time, polished. Yeah. Chris was still raw, and his talent was just off the off the charts. And what he was in, he brought a certain energy to his team and to the game itself. And that's what separated Chris at the time to be 6'9", 6'10", to handle it. To, and especially this, the IQ, to be able to make plays and pass. Now, the IQ may have hurt him a little bit with the timeout of not paying attention to what was going on or what happened. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, and and that's a flaw that he had. But up here, and understanding when I played with him in Sacramento, unbelievable. Off the charts, bro. Did you play against Duke? Oh, I wish I would have. Now, if we were to beat Michigan, we would have played Cincinnati. And ultimately, if we would have been Cincinnati, we would have played. Um, but no, did, did you we'd hate? Played, Duke? It would have been North Carolina. Did you hate? Well, Duke? I had a no, no. Here's the thing: I had a beef with with Coach K because I got I got an ego. So my going into my sophomore year, the Goodwill Games were being put together. So I go try out, and um, I'm playing. I'm playing well. Um, I get down to the final cut. And I'm in my room, and you get that early call in the morning, bro. It's like, come see coach. I'm like, oh, what? Get in there, and they cut me. So they kept Brian Stiff at the time, ACC, and Brian was good in college. But to me, I'm like, man, he's not better than me. I played better. And I held a grudge because that was the first time I ever got cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So – I didn't care too much. For are you over it, Jim? Jim, are you over getting no. cut? Can, can you, can't you tell? Can't you tell? <laughs> Hold on. And we and we had a game. We had a had a game. Uh, Duke, John's, uh, in the garden a few years back, and I pulled Coach K to the side. I said, "You know, I still got a little beef with you, <laughs> just, just because of. I, I mean, I never got cut. So to me, that was like." I'm going back and I'm going back to my room and I'm I'm like, I just got cut. I'm not now it fueled me. It gave me a different perspective on the game itself, um, which energized me that whole summer and the next year. But I looked at the Duke now, I have much respect for what they've done. I mean, Christian Layton is probably one of the greatest college players to ever play the game. Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, you can't take that away. But yeah, I carried a little. It hurt a little bit right there. <laughs> it's always great to catch up with you. Have fun during the tournament. We'll be uh, we'll be listening. All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. That's uh, Jim Jackson, NBA on TNT, Clippers, Fox analyst. He always has great stories. Him and him and C Webb, they they just they have stories. They don't even know they have great stories. I don't think sometimes. All right, let let me take a break. I got phone calls to get to. We'll take a break back after this Dan Patrick show. Tax filing deadline around the corner, and that brings IRS scammers looking to steal your money and personal information. And the most common scams take place on the phone or via email. So be smart. Never give any information out or send money to anybody over the phone. Always ask for everything in writing. Only interact with websites that end with .gov. 
It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives every day. We put so much information at risk on the Internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal can steal what's yours. That's why it's great that there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year using the promo code PATRICK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Promo code PATRICK for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Spring Swing is here the next three weeks. PGA Tour putting up a show at uh, Valspar Championship Saturday, 3 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. To sign up, some phone calls here. Uh, Jeff in South Carolina. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. Hi, Jeff. I got a uh, pie in the face for you guys. Okay. All right. Uh, Carson wins over nine and a half with the commanders. Over nine and a half wins? Yes. Okay. Does anybody want a piece of the commanders over nine and a half? So the commanders have to win ten. Yes. Okay. Anybody want a piece of that for a pie to the face? I'm looking. I'm canvassing the room. And yeah, Paulie. They won seven without him last year. So how much of a stretch is this bet? To win three more. Three. Yeah. Three's a lot. Be the greatest season in Commander's history. Three. Three more. Yes, Todd. I would go in on it if uh, he's going to say if he adds one more win to that, that Washington's going to win eleven games. I'm all in. Ten for some reason. I'm. On the fence. No, no, he, I mean, he said nine. All right, I'm just negotiating. I'm, I'm all in on a pie if he thinks uh, they can I'll go 11 I'll do it if uh, he says they're going to win 15. It's one different, really? 10 and 7 versus 11 and 6. I didn't say five games more. But are definitely you, if it's 15 and 2. Are I'm you in, in and out? Are you in or out? 11. 11, 11 I'm drawing the line at 11. Jeff, I don't have a taker here. Uh, so I'll do 11. Oh, okay. Let's go. All Very right. Brave. All right. Uh, Jeff in South Carolina has got the Commanders winning 11 games this year. Let's do it. All right, Fritzy. Well done. You and Jeff, pie to the face. It's fun to uh, negotiate a little bit. All right. Uh, Joe in Michigan. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind today? Hey, what's up, DP? Hey, Joe. I got a, I got a pie in the face for you if Michigan goes farther than Ohio State in the tournament. I don't care about either one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. I don't have a rooting interest. I mean, maybe three decades ago, I might have cared. Even if I, I said Michigan had this the best chance they'd ever have to beat Ohio State in football, I, I was glad they did. It was great content. It's a good story. Absolutely. Now, growing up, no, it would break my heart, but I don't care now. Ohio State or Michigan? I like Jawan Howard. Uh, this day in show history, Seton. Uh, do you have something? I do, actually. I have a uh, yesterday okay. in show history, as we do. We always do this day in show history a day late. Okay. Uh, it's one of the more cold, heartless, hilarious things we've ever done on the show. Like make fun of Fritzy's speech impediment? It's in that vein. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be on the anniversary. 
like next year, we're going to have to decide, do we do Fritzy's speech impediment or what you're going to play right now? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Paulie. I'm going to guess, first thing that popped in my head, the guy whose uncle died and he called in? Let's roll it. All right. Zach in Wisconsin joins us. Hi, Zach. What do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Thanks for taking my call. I got some advice and then one quick comment for you. Okay. My advice is don't get cute with it. Take down your gut feeling. Fill out one bracket. Look at it. Submit it. And that's it. Don't look at it. When you start comparing offenses, points or game, this and that, you get all confused. And my other point is my uncle passed away about a month ago. He was a huge, huge fan. He is. And there's one thing he always wanted me uh, to try to tell you on the phone was uh, thank you and uh, suck it back, Ralph. Thank you. His dying wish? His dying wish. Was to say, suck it back. That's a little extreme. (laughs) Come here, I have one thing to say to you. Get closer. Get closer. One wish. (laughs) Please make this come true. You'd think you'd want to have your will in order first or make sure you say goodbye to relatives. Make sure you (coughs) tell the back row to suck it. Call legal soup and have them put it in my will. That suck it back row is my... Just one thing, please. Yes, yes, yes. What is it? What is it? Call the damn badger, Joe. Yes, 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 yes. Tell McLovin and Princey to suck it. (laughs) This is wrong. Okay, we'll do it for you. Nothing but the bottom of the casket. Clear. Didn't this gentleman just pass away like a month ago? Yes. That's enough time. Is that enough time? Yeah, that's enough time. It's It's an uncle, too. Wow, that's messed up. Wow. We then went on to, the clip is actually much longer than that, but right after that we go into like how he's like so thankful to die before Todd, we had to hear any of Todd's Valentine's Day names. So bizarre. <laughs> Thank God I'm going to die before Fritzy does his sports related. Thank you, Lord, for taking me. Take me now. <laughs> no, take me now. I'll suck it back, bro. Why didn't you take me before the Christmas Day names? Oh. Wow. <laughs> like somebody's dying now and they're going, oh, I'm glad I live long enough to hear Todd's speech impediment. John Candelaria. Tree yeah. <laughs> Rollins. Arbor Day names. Yeah, Arbor Day names. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Leaf. Cliff Branch. Lord, take me now. <laughs> take me now. Please take me now. <laughs> Nate in Colorado. Hi, Nate. What's on your mind? Uh, morning, DP and fellas. Hi, bud. Hey, just had a quick question. And I, am I the only one that noticed the irony that Todd decided to develop a speech impediment and throw a fit right after Selection Sunday? Oh, okay. All right. But but I think you got through Selection Sunday unscathed, didn't Selection you? Selection Sunday. Yeah. But if I start talking too fast, we know what happened. You you put too much in, and, and and you talk too fast. So you try to say too much too quickly, and then that leads to the speech impediment. And which could also lead to saliva all over the place. No, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I just think you try to you speak so fast, and you try to cram so much in. And for the last fifteen years, I've said cut it in half. And then cut it in half. I would be lying if I didn't spend time in front of tell you guys I was in front of the mirror late last night <laughs> talking and practicing S and SH words.
wondering if I had like the early stages of something that I need to talk to a physician you, about. You, you don't. You don't. It really freaked me out when you guys played that. I, as ridiculous as that sounds, that you think I would have been aware of that. When you guys played that, I'm like, oh, my God. All I could think of was I got to go make an appointment with someone. That's you, the only you, thing I could no, think of. You don't. You don't. It frightened me. It really did. Then I, then I was able to laugh at you guys. But when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, my God. And then I started doing that thing with my tongue to see if I could touch the tip of my nose to see if I had any kind of stroke or some kind of stuff going on. It was really bizarre. No, no, you're fine. Selection Sunday. Yes, Paul. You're right. Because if he goes to the doctor, that'd be horrible for the show. Imagine if the doctor fixed it. Mm. That'd be terrible for us yeah. content-wise. Yeah. No, he can fix it. You don't need a doctor to fix. Someone tweeted that, like, you know, they need to look under your tongue because there might be something that you have an extra piece of tissue that has to be clipped off. I've got all kinds of uh, explanations and things, and some of them were mildly disturbing, to say the least. Like I would need some kind of procedure or something like that. Procedure. Some kind of, some kind of procedure. Yeah. It's just you, you just slow down and, and don't try to talk so But far. when people call in or send you social media, say, you really got to check that out, bro. I don't know. I, my aunt is a doctor, and she, she was concerned I heard you talk like that. What if I can find somebody who has a cure for you? You want to listen to somebody? I probably need to see a speech therapist or just practice talking slowly and enunciating and not being in a Mike rush. in North Carolina joins <laughs> us. Hi, Mike. Hello, Dan. Enjoy your show a whole lot. Thank you, Mike. When I was in college, way back when, my public speaking class, my teacher told me I, I had a, I used to slur my S's, and she made me go to extra class on, you know, days off or what have you, and the secret is, and I remember this was a long time ago, but you have to, this is, I'm serious now, 100%, okay. you have to practice tucking your tongue kind of back in the roof of your mouth when you say your S's, like Sally, Sells, she, like when you say she, when you say she, you're like, you're, you're, your tongue's forward. And I'm not a speech therapist. Deal with me. I'm sorry. But tuck your tongue. Practice, practice. It takes practice towards the roof of your mouth. I'm, I'm 100% serious here, Dan. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. That's going to screw up Todd even worse. I do that all the time when I, in the middle of the night, I go down and make a peanut butter sandwich, and then I don't brush my teeth afterwards. I go right back to bed, and I find myself doing the tongue thing to clean the, you know, the peanut butter out of the roof of my mouth. But I'm still slurring the S's. So he wants your tongue on all the way to the roof of your mouth? And that's supposed to sound better. That's, she sounds cheek chunk, but I cheek chunk. I don't think that helps. I'm willing to try anything, but that, well, I don't no, know if no. the roof of the mouth thing I, is. Trust me, just listen. You don't need to go to a doctor. You need to cut it in half and slow down. I but I, I said like three SH words within like a seven word sentence. And then you said to me, like, I, I don't even understand what you said. I didn't realize it was so bad that you couldn't even comprehend the sentence that I, that I said. <laughs> it's one thing to have a slurred speech or a lisp or something weird with your S, but you couldn't even make out my point at all from that. Yes, yeah, so that's slowly turning this onto someone else. If you've noticed that sort of. It was like a cruise ship sort of making a very slow turn, but he's finding his way to make this your fault. <laughs> I brought up to Todd about we have bobbleheads. And, you know, we had a bobblehead that was broken. It was the Aaron Judge bobblehead. And I said, yeah, you banged into it. And then Ch Todd said it fell. 
I said, what? It, it's not like Aaron Judge went to the ledge there of where I have all the bobbleheads and said, I'm going to jump. It doesn't matter how it happened. Ultimately, it fell down. It, 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 it did fall. It does matter because you banged into it. I have bobbleheads behind yeah, you. That's just the details. But ultimately, what happened was the bobblehead fell over. It, no, it was knocked over. I think they move around a little bit yes, in the middle see, of the night. Todd did make a good point, though, that for someone who hates bobble, bobbleheads as much as you do, you have a lot of them. Well, I put them behind the back row, and I don't like the back row. Right. Therefore, <laughs> the bobbleheads are back there. We're basically two bobbleheads as it is. Yes. Right. Yeah. I got you. Yes. Now I get it. Yeah. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you do a three-hour show, sometimes you forget what you talked about when you opened the show. I know we talked a lot about Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield. I was surprised that he sent out that letter to the Cleveland Browns fan base as if to say, hey, I'm not going to be your quarterback. It feels like there's a chance that he could still stay if Deshaun Watson doesn't go to Cleveland. I would be surprised if Deshaun went to Cleveland. Now, they do have a good nucleus there. And if you're looking at the teams, the Saints, to me, they're ready to go as well. Falcons and Panthers, not so much. But if you grew up a Falcons fan or you went to school in Carolina, then maybe that makes a lot of sense. I was just surprised. You know, Baker is defiant. He's going to fight. He's a competitor. You know, that This just felt like raising the white flag there. Unless he knows. Unless the, the Browns said, hey, we're not bringing you back, whether we bring in Deshaun Watson. And I wondered yesterday. I said, is the damage done if you're Baker Mayfield and you know that they're flirting with Deshaun Watson? Seton, final results of the poll question. We actually changed it up for hour two. Oh. And said, you can only do one tomorrow. This is another Pauly special. Oh. You can only do one tomorrow. Watch the NCAA tournament or celebrate St. Patrick's Day. What do you think? March Madness. 73% of the audience, March Madness. Yeah. I mean, you could still have a couple of beers watching March Madness. Not according to our poll. You have to be altruistic and not drink during Oh, the okay. I should have put that in there. Mm. What about corned beef? No corned beef. No corned you beef. You cannot indulge in St. Patrick's Day festivities in any way, which is over-drinking and eating bad food. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, see. Bad food. I take exception to that. Bad for you. That's okay. great food. <laughs> is corned beef bad for you? I think it's uh, extremely high in salt, but it's fantastic. Yes, it is. Are we doing any? I believe so. Let's go. I believe so. I, uh, I I talked to the big German and I said, uh, "Can we whip up something here? Nice said, boiled dinner, boiled lunch tomorrow. Let's go." All as long as there's mustard, then I'm okay. But the boiled potatoes and cabbage and no, uh, not need it all. No, every ounce no, of it. No, no, brings back bad memories. Really? Yeah, growing up, like when you have to eat things as opposed to you get to eat things. 
Like now you can go, man, corned beef sounds really good with some uh, boiled potatoes and yeah. cabbage. Yep. And then growing up, it'd be like, uh, what do we got? Uh, we got boiled potatoes. We got cabbage. And we got some corned beef. But not a lot. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am to the second at 6 o'clock even now. Because when I grew up, if, you, if my mom sat us down, sat the, sat the food down at 6 o'clock. And if you sat down at 6.07, you could be out of luck. Yeah, Paul. So at your house now, you aim for that 6 o'clock? And it's just my wife and I. Yeah. And she'll go, um, hey, dinner will be ready in about, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes. And it'll be like 5.40. And I go, that's 6.10. She goes, yeah. And I said, well, can we get closer to 6 o'clock? <laughs> And she said, you, you, no, we, you got to stop this. I said, it's ingrained in my mind that there might not be enough food there with six kids. Yes. Yeah, see. see, it sounds like you and Todd finding some common ground here with uh, just sort of like the way you were raised and how it impacts you today. Yeah. You guys are a lot more similar than you realize. Well, if all of a sudden I start talking like that, then, then, then I could understand. But that. your mom didn't rush you to the doctor. No, for every little scratch, my mom didn't take us to the doctor. I broke, my, I broke my nose, and my mom said she'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, they didn't even set it. She goes, you'll be okay. And I go, okay. Like, I got cotton stuffed up my nose. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll be okay, Mom. Don't worry about my broken nose. Scott in Washington. Hi, Scott. <laughs> hey, your... DP. Hi, hey, guys. Love the show. Thank you, Scott. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, I just kind of wanted to do a quick take on yesterday. There's two things that I noticed. Hmm. And one was uh, DP. As soon as Fritzy does the S's, the slurring, your your reaction is hilarious. If you really go back and look at it, and then second of all, I agree with you 100%. Fritzy, you don't need to go anywhere. You just need to slow down because I used to do the exact same thing. Thanks, bud. Right. Appreciate that. You're good. You're good. If you go to the doctor, go for the shards in your hand. Yeah, I have about half a dozen pieces of fiberglass as we speak in my right hand. Man, incredible. I don't know how you got here this morning. Thoughts and prayers. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. You're the ultimate warrior. I, pre- I appreciate you recognizing that. Thank you. And I think the staff needs to, uh, to hear that from you. Uh, John in Florida. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. First time, long time. Six foot, 215. Right. And a respectable nine. Uh, I got your poll question. Your poll question worries are over. I got it set up. But I got two very quick things for you. One is, when you were talking, what was the best memorabilia to be hanging in the man cave? There was one thing I didn't hear you bring up. Maybe you didn't. I missed it. But I think the bullwhip and the fedora from Indiana Jones would be excellent. Um, Oh, you want us to, Uh, to get that? (laughs) <laughs> no, we were just having suggestions. Oh, it was, oh, oh. was great. Oh, okay. And it, oh. Yeah. Yeah, we don't and, have it. And, we, and don't, it. We don't have it. Okay. No, no, no. I think, but it would be a, a great thing for the man cave. Okay. Well, thank you, John. It's not a bad idea. That would be pretty cool to have. How am I getting that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, we're asking for it now, Harrison, so... If you got any extras laying around. Do you think Harrison Ford has the whip? He has the hat, I'm going to guess. I don't know. Harrison Ford strikes me as a guy who is not a collector. That he probably is like, oh, I'm done with that role. Like Daniel Craig, does he have James Bond stuff that they let him keep? 
A lot of times they don't let you keep anything when you've been on a movie set. Yeah, Pauline. In uh, 2016, a movie used Harrison Ward, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones bullwhip, used in a movie, certified, sold for, uh, man, $33,000 with a letter of authenticity and an autograph from a Harrison Ford picture. Mm. $33,000. That's not a bad investment. Yeah, it is. It is? Yeah. Because then if I have it, then I got to use it. I, it is now estimated that uh, bullwhip is worth $85,000 on the market. Okay. I wonder why. What caused it to go up in value? There's been a big shortage in bullwhips. <laughs> pandemic. This day in sports history. Also, we have uh, basketball games coming up tonight, Paulie. Yes, we got two games tonight. You got uh, Bryant with the leading scorer in the country, Peter Kist. I don't, I, don't, I don't like his attitude. I, I, I watched him play against Wagner, and I didn't like it. Just play. Just play hard. You're a good player. You know, you don't have to preen for the camera like If you don't like players with that, don't turn into true TV tonight. Bryant versus Wright yeah, State. Right, right. Notre Dame Rutgers later. Yeah. Notre Dame Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this day in sports history. By the way, Chris Sims had this tweet. If trade assets are equal, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than Jimmy Garoppolo. Could Baker have done with the Niners what Jimmy has absolutely and more? I don't know if that was a question, if somebody's looking, like the Colts are looking at Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield. Uh, if that were the case, I'd take Matt Ryan if I could. All right, uh, this day in sports history. 1994, Tanya Harding, figure skater, pleads guilty to felony attack on former Olympic teammate Nancy Kerrigan. Mm -hmm. And in 1996, Mike Tyson won the heavyweight title. TKO Frank Bruno in the third round. Go ahead with your Mike Tyson impersonation. I, I told Frank I was just going to eat his heart and eat his children. Prayed be a law. I told him he, he had no business being in the ring with me. He tried to take my pigeon once, too. Can't touch my pigeons. You got to laugh. Yeah. Todd, can, he can make that joke now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's got a speech. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Do you think Mike Tyson, when he comes on, will be able to make fun of you with your speech impediment? I think it would be a very interesting conversation. Why do they make fun of you? What's wrong with your voice? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. You guys go back and forth, making fun of each other. Uh, Todd, what'd you learn today? Jim Jackson stalls beef with Coach K for cutting him from the Goodwill Games roster in favor of Brian Stith. Brian Stith from Virginia. Seton O'Connor. Israel not on Todd's side. Yeah. That's very disheartening. That one hurt. That one hurt. Uh, Marvin. Jalen Rose talked the most trash to Jim Jackson. Paulie, what did you learn today? 60 is the new 50. Fritzy, what did I learn on today's program? Kyrie Irving reminded us he's a great scorer, but in the scheme of things, it's just a regular season game against Orlando. It doesn't mean anything. He can't play in all the games these days. Jumpstart your morning with M-Drive Start. The convenient protein powder for driven guys gives you the energy and nutrition to keep up with your day. Find it at mdrivedan.com. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. Make sure you fill out your brackets for the Bracket Challenge. You can be in the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. And uh, check out the Merch Madness there. A March Madness t-shirt, the Pie Slamma Jamma. A lot of great t-shirts there. Go to danpatrick.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you tomorrow.